The Adam Crowley Show. Crazy animal, those ducks, Adam. They always try to swim and look calm underneath, but on the surface, they're just... Back to you. Adam Crowley. The Crowman. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Johnny Palermo tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. Please don't compare Joe Paterno to Urban Meyer. Read the free report. Paterno wasn't trying to hide anything. He reported what he knew to multiple superiors. Uh, yeah, and then he allowed, still, for Jerry Sandusky, after he was no longer on the coaching staff, to have an office on the campus. Adam, here's how crazy these people are. That no sooner, right away, we're talking in the last segment about how these fans will go to the limit to protect their coach and do such thing, as if we pushed a button, here they come out of the woodwork, right away. That's how nuts these people are. Yeah, I'm not even interested in having the conversation because Joe Paterno's dead and in the ground, and the man who raped all those children is in prison, and his fate is probably worse than death. And college football is better for both of those facts. You're damn right. Dale Lolly, drop it in now. Via the airplane. He's wearing binoculars. Dale, you look like such a dork. I'm leaving. You know what? I should not insult the guest. Probably should not do it's that. It's not a nice thing Insulting to do. Insulting the guest not a good way to start. You hang I don't around. even get an intro on the, on the... It's just you. I'm used to having my own intro because I got my own show. I know that. Well, this is my show. I'm a big shot now. You are a bigger shot than me, <laughs> and you make the big bucks, and everyone knows your Let's name. Let's not get carried away. Come okay, on. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Dale, we're slogging on through training camp now, and we're kind of waiting for the first game. Maybe not even kind of. We're just waiting for the first game so that there's some meat to sink into. But as of now, as we sit today, who are a couple of guys that you thought might not play well that have played well thus far? And who are a couple of guys that you think have not lived up to expectation? Well, let's start with the two fifth-round picks in terms of guys that uh, need to uh, pick it up a little bit. Uh, that being, of course, uh, Jalen Samuels, the running back uh, out of North Carolina State. And then, of course, uh, then you have um, Marcus Allen, the safety out of uh, Penn State. I want to see more out of those guys. I mean, people were automatically uh, guaranteeing them roster spots, and that is definitely not the case with fifth-round draft picks on this team, on this particular team. And you have, oh, by the way, four guys who are draft picks picked ahead of them that are going to be on this team right? for sure. If that fifth round and on, that's pretty much the, the, the line where, okay, your, th- your fourth-round pick, or th- they had two third-round picks this year, no fourth-round pick, but if you're a fourth-round pick, Usually, you end up making a team. If you're a fifth-round pick, you're not guaranteed of anything. No. Now, I will say that Samuels does everything that you would expect from a young running back to do in, in terms of um, catching the football. We knew he could do that. Uh, running with the football, he's looked okay doing that. Uh, but it's the the blocking and those other things, like you know the the, the little nuances of the game that he just can't do. Uh, and then, of course, with Marcus Allen. Um, you knew he didn't have great hands. He dropped a pick the other day that was right in his hands, and he kind of freaked out about it, and it was a funny moment. But the young man's got to uh, – he's going to be a guy. They're both going to be guys that are going to have to make this team as special teamers. Right. Uh, so we haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. So when I say I'm disappointed by them, I, I'm not – we haven't gotten into game situations yet. They get down and make the first uh, you know big hit on special teams in the, you know, in the preseason opener. Okay, all is forgiven. Um, in terms of guys who have – 
kind of impressed and you wonder about, you know, can they make this roster or can they at least have they at least started solidifying themselves as potential uh, guys on the practice squad. Uh, Damone Patterson, uh, the wide receiver out of Youngstown State, uh, he's a rookie. I've liked what you've seen from him. He's number 83. Keep an eye on him out there. He's, he's looked really good. Uh, he's athletic. Um, bigger kid. He's, he's a little over. They list him at 6'2". He's really uh, – I looked up his, uh, his, his measurables from the, uh, from the combine stuff. Well, he wasn't at the combine, but the, but the FCS combine. It's actually like six foot and a half. So he's more like my size. Uh, but I was listed at 6'3 in high school. Um, I'm actually, you know, just a shade under six one. Intimidation factor. Well, you can't have a six one, uh, six one center. That you doesn't can't. sound quite as, as good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, you look at uh, um, the linebacker, uh, forty six. Uh, Matthew Thomas has looked good. Uh, he's a guy that everybody, you know, he was on everybody's radar. He was a a high priority free agent guy for them, and he is he has done. Uh, he is not certainly certainly not uh, uh, underachieved thus far. So we'll see if he has a shot of making this thing. Um, you know, and you start looking at some of the, the the defensive backs. I like what I've seen from Deshaun Phillips. Uh, he's a guy that's got some NFL experience. Uh, I believe he's from Tarleton State, and he he's played he, a couple. He just made that up. No, he's from Tarleton State. Tarantula Matt's State. probably been there. I don't know. That's true. Um, he uh, he's a guy that played a couple years for the Redskins. Got got played in about eleven games as a special teams type guy. He's not afraid to hit. He's number thirty five. Uh, and then you look, and there's some some defensive linemen on this team that that you look at, and you say, oh, there's some, you know, I mean, you know, the the 69 Josh Fraser is a guy that they drafted in the seventh round, and there's you see some flashes here and there, but then you see some some things that go, oh, that, that wasn't so great. The thing I don't like about the conversation that surrounds him is, well, if he didn't play at Alabama, he's not going in the seventh round because he's got to jump all these great players, these NFL-type players. Okay, well, you don't think he's going to have to jump NFL-type players to play <laughs> in, in the, the NFL? NFL? Yeah, that might Yeah, that might come into play a little bit. Um, a guy that Jim Wexel mentioned that we had on, we, we had him on our show today uh, earlier was uh, Casey Sales from from Ohio. He's he's, he's flashed some. I, I've, I've had him in my notes a couple times, 74, doing some things on defense. And then um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that I've liked that uh, is an undrafted guy. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Probably not. I mean, it's it's really tough. I want to see these guys play a game, and we've only seen a couple of padded practices. So, um, you know, flashing early is not the key. Flashing consistently is the key. That's that's one thing that, that's jumped out to me about about uh, Damon Patterson uh, is that he has. Uh, you know, I look back through my notes because yesterday he made or Monday he made like five plays, and I'm like, okay, that was nice. Oh, same like, number. Then, same I, then number. I, I go back and I look through the previous days, and he's in there a couple other times. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's done something good every day. And I think the Steelers' wide receiver depth might be a little bit overrated. It's not to say that this guy's going to come in and make the roster, uh, maybe a practice squad guy, but I think you've got Antonio Brown, you've got Juju Smith-Schuster. After that, there are question marks for me. And well, then, James Washington is not going. I mean, he's going to be on the team. Oh, no doubt. Right, right. I'm talking about depth in terms of reliability. Uh, Vance McDonald, I guess you can fit in that category because he's going to catch the ball a bunch. Uh, I worry about their depth, though. Behind Antonio Brown, behind Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't know what James Washington can do, although he's looked good at times out here. And I, I just don't know if Eli Rogers is going to be the same guy, if he's going to be healthy. And I don't know how good he is anyhow. He's fine. Uh, and then you've got... Darius Hayward Bay. I mean, uh, it's okay. I mean, it looks really good when you've got Antonio Brown around the top. What are you laughing at? I'm watching B.J. Finney long snap. <laughs> the Not ball. going well. 
It's better than what James Harrison did a couple years ago. Against the Giants. Back in 2008 against the Giants. But the ball's kind of tumbling back there. It's, <laughs> if they get that in a, in a game situation, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> oh, that would... I mean, the ball will get there, but I don't know. If the, I, mean... I don't know. I don't know if the defenders will not have time to get there first. They may they may break down laughing. I don't know. Uh it, yeah, it's not it's not sharp as uh, as watching uh the regular uh, regular long snapper do it. Uh that's why they have long snappers. <laughs> you laughed whenever I said uh, I don't I don't know how good Eli Rogers is anyway and you laughed and I thought Hell's he laughing at? I think Eli's. Pre- I think Eli's pretty good. He's fine. Yeah, I mean he caught fifty balls two years ago. He did. I mean, how healthy is he going to be able to be? Well, he's down here running right in front of us. We'll get a good chance to see. I mean, he's running. Great, great. What else can you do? <laughs> great. They got the cone set up for me. Oh, he just kicked himself in the face. So I guess he's all right. I- you I just- couldn't do that. You are correct. I'm also <laughs> not going to play slot receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Do you think that the depth is? Good at wide receiver. I think the potential depth is good at wide receiver. Um, and, and once you get, once you get Le'Veon Bell into the equation, once That's you add Vance too. McDonald into the equation, I mean, really, how many pass catchers do you need? Um, you know, if you've got go get Dez. If you got Antonio Brown, you got Juju Smith-Schuster, you got Le'Veon Bell, you've got Vance McDonald and Jesse James at tight end. And Jesse James is no, I mean, he can catch you some balls for you. Sure. Um, outside of that, I mean, yeah, you're going to have some other guys, you know. Who are question marks, but those question marks are going to be get, going against other teams' question marks. They're number three or four or five defensive backs or a linebacker in certain situations. So, you know, I would expect them to win. And you, oh, by the way, you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback distributing the football. Um, I've always said about, you know, when, when the Packers had Brett Favre, they would just roll receiver after receiver through there. And this guy's catching 80 passes, and that guy's catching 80 passes. Well, that's because the ball just got stuck in their equipment. Well, and that's my point. I mean, the a great quarterback can help make you know, sure. receivers, you know, average receivers great. Look, Kobe Hamilton and Sammy Coates were playing in the AFC Championship game a couple of years <laughs> ago. I think, I think that tells you a lot. Perfect example right there. Dale Lawley joining us here on the And Crowley people thought Show. that was okay at the time, including myself. I'm like, ah, oh, they'll be fine. Me too. Yeah, that didn't and work out. You know what? They might have been a little bit better, though, had Le'Veon Bell played in that football game. That might have made a little bit of a difference. I mean, I, the Patriots aren't putting up as many points because Le'Veon Bell's going to get his. The Steelers' offense is going to be better. Things change, I think. I don't know if they win, but... Things absolutely do change. As for the wide receiver position, Dale, okay, you've got A.B. and Juju on the outside whenever there's two wide receivers, yes. When there's three, is Juju sliding inside with James Washington on the outside? I would assume that's the, that's going to be what happens, but then if you get Eli Rogers back, then you don't have to do that. Then you can put Eli Rogers in the slot, and you're okay. I mean, then you leave Juju outside. It gives you it gives you the ability to not rush James Washington. Right. If you remember, uh, this first half of last season – Juju Smith-Schuster was not a big part of the offense. Martavis wasn't going back a couple of years. And they the struggled a little bit. Games. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, the, you know, the passing game was struggling a little bit. Little bit. It wasn't until Smith-Schuster really started to turn it on and became a bigger factor in the passing game that they really took off. Roethlisberger struggled early in the year, but that, looking back on it, um, you know, he didn't practice a ton in, in the training camp. He practiced the full practice the first day, half practice the next day, didn't practice the third day. And he had, uh, and he had a bunch of new receivers. You added Vance McDonald to the equation. You had Justin Hunter out there. Right. You had uh, Martavis Bryant, who he hadn't played with in a couple of years. You had Juju Smith-Schuster. Really, the only two guys that he was throwing the football to, and and, and um, oh, by the way, Le'Veon Bell missed all the camp. So really, the only two guys early on that he was comfortable with or who were in great game shape was Antonio Brown. Yeah. 
and Jesse James. Yeah. Who he had been throwing the ball to the previous season. So that wasn't that wasn't a great situation. Um I think they're trying to alleviate that this year. He's practicing more uh and doing more out there and of course they have all these guys in camp and ready to go. What do you think of Justin Hunter? I think he is He looks the damn part. an enigma. Yes. And I think that's part of the part of the problem. He looks the part. It, it, you know, you see him out here. It reminds me of some of, of Lee Mays, and you might be too young to remember, remember Lee Mays. Lee Mays. Okay, is he, he was 41. I always called him Mr. Was, May. What number was Lee That Mays? was Lee Flowers. Lee Flowers! Yes. Uh, Lee Mays was a receiver they drafted in the middle round. April showers bring May Lee Flowers. Lee Mays would tear it up in, in, in OTAs and look great in the offseason, and then when the pads would come on at training camp, he would kind of disappear a little yeah. bit. Uh, now he still had some productive games or made some plays, but he wasn't. The, he looked like a superstar in the making in the, in the off season every year. I like the way Cortez Allen looked until you plugged him in, and then after a while you said, "Oh dear God!" He just lost some. Yeah, he had some injury issues, and yeah, that that happens with guys. But um, yeah, there've been a bunch of guys. Jaheen Arnold's another guy like that. That you know, back in the '90s, that uh, you know looked great in May and in, in, in the off season stuff. And minicamp would just tear it up. Come out at training camp, look great when they're not tackling, and then as soon as the pads would come on, I remember Lee May or Lee uh, Flowers broke Jaheen Arnold's collarbone in a practice. Uh, that was pretty much the end of Jaheen Arnold. <laughs> Someone just went down with a collarbone injury around the league. I forgot who it was. Someone big. What do you think about the Patriots? There's a lot of big guys out there. Getting rid of uh, what's his face? Yeah, that's that's a strange move, Jordan Matthews. Thank you. That was that's a strange move for them because they're they're a little short at wide receiver. Uh, Matt and I were talking about that earlier today. And we we maybe surmised that maybe they're going to make a move for Des Bryant. That would be a very Patriots-like move. Yeah. Um. You know, they did that with with Chad Johnson and late in his career. They've they brought in some guys that, you know, are at the end maybe looking for a ring, and you try you try to see if it works out. If it doesn't, you know, you're not paying them a lot of money. You you, you get those guys in hoping that that they'll say, hey, come on in with us. We'll give you the you know, a million dollars to play for us this year, right. but you'll have a chance to win a ring. Right. Maybe solidify, you know, finish your career off with with a bang. I I guess. There's got to be something else there. There has to be. Well, he got hurt with a hamstring, I saw, but it wasn't didn't it wasn't reportedly severe. It was just a hamstring pull. We said all around the damn league. So, no, it doesn't make sense. A lot of the things that they don't do don't make sense. Jamie Collins getting rid of him. Chandler Jones getting rid of him. I mean, I think you win. Are you suggesting that Bill Belichick makes mistakes? I am suggesting that, and I think that he himself has fallen victim to his own hubris. Uh, at times he thinks, okay, we've got Tom Brady, and I'm Bill friggin' Belichick, and <laughs> I can do whatever the hell I want to, and we're still going to win. Is and that like Mings and Frickin' Merciless? Right. Yes. I just, I'm just trying, they're the same person, actually. I'm just trying to distance myself from the May, Lee, Flowers, April, Showers joke. <laughs> I'm just trying to put some distance between me. You're a paper champion. And that one. Uh, see, now, that was Lee Flowers, <laughs> That was right? Lee Flowers, yes. Okay. That was a great one. That was a great rant. I was there in Tampa for that one. <laughs> Mike Logan, Lee Flowers, Lee Mays. Do you put them all in the same kind of? No, no. I mean, Lee Flowers could play. Yeah, and Lee, you know, Mike Logan could play. Lee Mays really never did. Never. Yeah, I, let me look up Lee Mays here real quick. I bet you there's not a lot there in terms of uh, career stats. Willie Mays. Though. Willie Mays. Now that's good. that's a little different. Pretty good. Yeah. Willie Mays Hayes. Lee Mays is only he's 39 now. I'm getting old. Doesn't look like there's a lot of statistics there. Yeah, some key kick returns. Yeah. Um, 
That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty he's much pretty it. much return kicks. You know who I always loved in the NCAA football games was Hank, or pardon me, the Madden games was Hank Poteet. Anyway, Dale, good stuff, man. We really went off the rails there at the end. That's okay. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of radio, and I'm just warming up for the day. So, yeah. kind of the apex there. That was the apex. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Hope it gets better for you. It's not going to. That's Dale Lolly of DKPittsburghSports.com, and of course. Steelers Nation Radio and the Steelers Radio Network. Coming up next, the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by 2E Determined. And we've also got some quotes coming out from new Pirates starting pitcher Chris Archer. Rob Rossi joins us at 540. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. What happened to Cooch? I don't know how many times I'm allowed to say Cooch before I get in trouble, so you're fine. I'm good? That's K-U-C-H. Yeah, nothing wrong with Cooch. No! Adam Crowley. Cooch be good. I love Cooch, in fact. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Chris Archer was scheduled to pitch today for the Tampa Bay Rays. Tyler Glass now will pitch today for the Tampa Bay Rays. And Chris Archer will not pitch for the Buccos. He will wait until Friday, and I'm already back to being angry at Pirates management. Come on, Clint. Get him out there. Get him out there. You're playing the team that you're trailing in the division. You've still got a bunch of games left with this team. You've got an opportunity, a real opportunity, to make a dent. To get it down to five games. Five games in the division? And you're going to throw Nick Kingham out there. The reason you brought Archer in is so that Nick Kingham doesn't have to pitch in your rotation anymore. Damn pirates. All the credit they bought is gone. Chris Archer is speaking to the media right now at PNC Park. Here's some of the things he had to say. Quote, I have a lot of respect for Andrew McCutcheon. His number is not retired yet, but I think it will be. That's why he's not wearing number 22, but this year will wear number 24. Archer has also chosen black and yellow for his mound warm-up song. And he's already tweeted out asking where the best coffee place is in Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, it's on Beverly Road in Mount Lebanon. It's the coffee tree. But regardless... I'm mad at the Pirates for not starting him tonight. Am I out of line, Tom, saying that I'm mad they're not starting this guy as soon as humanly possible? No, I'm I'm right there with you, Adam. I'm livid, too. And you know what really makes me mad, too? This sets it up so you can pitch him behind Tyon in the rotation. You know what I mean? You get yeah. that one-two punch going, and that can ride you for the next two months into the wildcard berth. Now you separate them. You're going to have to put... I, I don't know who... Musgrove in between them? Musgrove's nice, but it's not Archer and Tyon back-to-back. I mean... I will cry if the Pirates wind up playing in the wild card game and Archer can't go because they screwed him up with the schedule here. Like, if that somehow causes him to not be able to go for the wild card game, I'm going to lose my mind. I just think if you, you go with his strength, or you go and you help him by pitching him on the day he's supposed to pitch. Uh, Clint Hurdle said you got to give him time to recalibrate. You got to give him time to come in and adjust to Pittsburgh. But he's throwing the ball every fifth day. Let him throw the ball today. Uh, let him do what he does: pitch. Uh, it doesn't need to be that difficult. Uh, how are things going to be any easier for him on Friday? I don't think that they are. It's like a road trip. Sometimes you arrive and you pitch that night. He arrived today. You pitch that night. Come on, Clint. Come on, Bucks. And I'm guessing this decision probably does go a little above Clint's head. Now, beyond from that, 
We know the Pirates are always interested in making money. I think it would have made sense for them to start him tonight so there would have been a big walk-up crowd on a Wednesday when there typically wouldn't have been one. Friday, there's going to be a big crowd anyhow. Even when the Pirates stink, they do well on the weekends or better than they do, obviously, during the week. They're going to get 30000 on Friday and Saturday and probably around twenty five, thirty thousand 30000 on Sunday. There's no need to get that extra bump. You get the bump today. And you get the nice crowd over the weekend, and it helps the attendance numbers overall. You spread out the goodness. It's one of my big philosophies in life. Uh, I love doing that. If there are two great things going on at one time, why skip one? Why not DVR? Spread out the goodness. Spread out the attendance goodness. And they're screwing that up, too. So maybe the Pirates aren't all that far removed from being the Pirates. Maybe they're not. Your thoughts on all that, 412-922-2874. What time is it, Tom? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! The Steelers ran a quarterback sneak yesterday. Woo! I know. Now it was from the shadow of their own goal line as opposed to the other team's goal line. But it was Ben Roethlisberger, and it was a quarterback sneak. Now, I don't know what it means. Ben Roethlisberger's not getting hit in practice anyhow. He's not getting hit on a quarterback sneak. So I wonder if they're just doing this to throw a little dart towards all the media who have said for a long time, why the bleep aren't you running quarterback sneaks? Why is Todd Haley not running quarterback sneaks? But if it is in the playbook, then that's all I need to see to realize it was a good move to get rid of Todd Haley or to not renew Todd Haley's contract. It's what I keep saying. Anytime anybody asks me, any conversation that I start about Todd Haley not being here and Randy Feekner being the guy, to me, it always comes down to can they be better in short yardage? Will they use Roosevelt Knicks in short yardage? Will they stop the fancy stuff? Will they not chuck the ball deep down the field on third and fourth and one on those possession downs? And seeing him run the quarterback sneak makes me realize that things could be a little bit better. Could be a little bit better. That's a great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! That might be the quickest great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun that we've ever done. You think that was a record, Tom? Oh, that's fastest easily one? the record. You definitely, would, definitely made a record. I don't there. even know if we went more than two minutes. I mean, I didn't have anything else to say. Uh, we need a game. We, we need a game. Uh, I'm just sitting down here watching guys who aren't long snappers snap. Uh, I'm here today. I can't see anything because they're 15 fields away and we're up in the press box. Uh, I, need a, I need a game before I can start giving you anything else on this football team. That's it. That's all I got. Maybe you borrowed Dale's binoculars. Dale's not here anymore. Oh, Should have before. Yeah. That's not a bad move. <laughs> That's not bad. I actually did write a column for the Pittsburgh City Paper. Do you guys hear about that? Oh, you write a column for the City Paper? I do. You do? Oh, wow. I'm a major media market what? star. How come you never said this before? I didn't realize that. I've never heard you say anything about it. I did, and today, you know what I wrote about? What? I wrote about the Steelers' defense. Mm-hmm. I did. What about did. them? Well, I don't think that they're going to be very good. No? Tell us more, Adam. Well, I've already kind of done this on the show before, though, where I've told you why the Steelers' defense isn't going to be good. It's just, it's a lot for me to buy into right now. It's a lot of hope 
It's a lot of change. It's a lot of hope because of the change. And you just expect the Steelers' defense to be better because the defense was so bad at the end of last year. But I'm not going to believe that Bud Dupree is a good player because you flip him sides. Uh, I'm not going to believe Vince Williams is the player that he was with Ryan Shazier if Ryan Shazier is not going to be here. I'm not going to believe that a journeyman player like Bostic is going to all of a sudden pick things up and be amazing. I'm not going to believe that Terrell Edmonds can come in and be a star at safety. I'm not going to believe that Sean Davis moving positions can be better than he was last year. Uh, I'm not going to believe that Morgan Burnett is going to work out whenever he hasn't even practiced, albeit for once or twice in the Steelers uniform. I just don't think that this Steelers defense should be expected to be good this year whenever last year, down the stretch, when they needed to be, they weren't. And we always believe that changes are going to be for the better. But changes can create more miscommunication. Miscommunication, a big reason why this Pittsburgh Steelers team on defense wasn't good last year. And when you're moving a bunch of parts around, having players play different positions, that only creates more possible problems. So I'm not going to buy in. I'm not going to say hook, line, and sinker. The Steelers' defense could be great. It has a potential to be. But potential doesn't mean anything. Jarvis Jones had potential. He never reached anywhere near the expectations. Bud Dupree has potential. But he's nowhere near expectation. We've seen players flame out in the past. We've seen these Ziggy Hoods be journeymen in the National Football League as opposed to being stars that you're supposed to be whenever you're picking the first-round pick. I don't think this Steelers defense should be given the benefit of the doubt before they go out there and take the field. I say it all the time. This is a show-me defense. Show me. Not here in the practice field. Not in a preseason game. Show me when the regular season rolls around that you can be better than what you were last year. We'll talk more about my Pittsburgh City Paper column coming up next with Rob Rossi, who is the editor of the Pittsburgh City Paper. I'll also get his thoughts on what the Pirates did yesterday at the trade deadline. That's coming up right after the break. You're listening to The Crowley Show. This is The Adam Crowley Show. To pick against the Steelers is a sin. It's a sin that's written in the Bible. Don't you understand? On ESPN Pittsburgh <laughs> and the iHeartRadio app. What is not to like about this Chris Archer dude? Stephen J. Nesbitt's tweeting on the Twitter.com and says that Chris Archer said he's got speed on the base paths and that he's 0 for 1 all-time stealing, but he said he beat the throw, got the save call, and then slid past the bag. This guy's a talker. He throws hard, and he's got the dreads. He looks cool. He's like Johnny Cueto, but not fat, not going to drop the ball. Rob Rossi's not fat. He never drops the ball. He joins us from the Pittsburgh City Paper right now on the Crowley Show. Rob, what's going on, pal? Oh, you know, just another day in Pittsburgh where suddenly everybody's a baseball fan again. I guess it's a, guess it's a fun time to be a Pirate fan, and they've probably deserved it after the last few years. Yes, I think Pirates fans did deserve it. I even wanted to buy myself a Pirates hat on the way here today. I did not do it. I'm not going to buy in hook, line, and sinker. I still need to see them continue to make good baseball moves and not do what they've done in the past. She's jammed up. Grandma D is all kinds of fired up. Uh, Rob, before we get to the uh, Pittsburgh City paper column that I wrote this week, i got to talk to you about the one that was written before 
uh, about fixing baseball, <laughs> uh, I had somebody write a letter and then drop it off at the Pittsburgh City Paper offices, which then got forwarded to the Fleet Street studios where I work, and they yeah, just ripped me to shreds. I got ripped yeah. to shreds for writing that. Well, look, you haven't arrived as a columnist until you've got a uh, handwritten letter uh, explaining how terrible you are. So I just, you know, it warms my heart having offered this position to you to to open that letter, and I was so happy that uh, the lovely and talented KDO could uh, could bring it your way. So that was, um, was a big moment for me. I don't know about you. I used to get those regularly, so hopefully you do too. I get emails. I don't really get the written stuff anymore. I thought it was amazing <laughs> that the guy who's defending baseball wrote a letter and sent it via snail mail. I think that's perfect for exactly why my column was spot on. I always think, Adam, when they send you the letter in the mail, it's probably the greatest victory you can get because think, at the end <laughs> of their life, they're going to have moments they want back. And you just know they're going to think about that time they went to all the trouble to send you a handwritten letter about some silly thing that you wrote when you really probably couldn't have cared less. 30 seconds to send a tweet. It takes a lot of time to drive that to the air to the airport, to the <laughs> what, what are they even called anymore? Post office. My Post God, office, yeah. that's that's how little I care. That's how little I care about the snail mail. I don't even know what the hell it's called. They had to do all that, spend all that time. You're right about that, Rob. Uh, Rob, uh, what else is going on? What do you got going on for the city paper? Well, we got our annual Best of uh, Pittsburgh party coming up next weekend, next Thursday, and we've got the Best of Pittsburgh issue coming out on Wednesday. So that's that's a big one for us. We're excited about that. And then uh, after that, we'll uh, we'll be doing some cool stuff, getting everybody ready for football season. Um, and back to school. So it'll, it'll be fun stuff. We had a good issue today. came out, obviously, your column. Uh, also a real fun story, if people want to pick it up, about the Andy Warhol. He's going to be 90 years old if he'd have been alive. Can you believe that? <laughs> no, because when you said he's going to be 90 years old, I said in my head, there's no there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. He died. I knew he died. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, if he was alive, he would have been 90. Right. And I just, it seems like Andy Warhol is one of those guys that, um, I'm not sure a lot of Pittsburghers know enough about him. Uh, even in some of the stuff that was written uh, by the staff when I was editing it, you just learn some things, or you forget you forget really what his impact was. And um, there aren't a lot of people that have come from this area, Adam, that truly have influenced the world like Andy Warhol did. I mean, he touched just about every part of popular culture, and he wasn't alive that long, so. Uh, to celebrate his 90th birthday, there's a lot of stuff going on at the Warhol Museum. And I, I'm always amazed, Adam, how many people don't check out the Warhol Museum despite they live here. Close second in terms of meaning for Pittsburgh? Is it you? Uh, probably Madden than me, if you think about it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Close third, then. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're getting there. You're a big-time columnist now. You're on radio show for quite a while, so you know. I mean, I'm just, I'm a huge deal. Rob Rossi joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob, I'm in a the kind of mood where I don't want to give any benefit of the doubt, and that's what the column was about, and it was right. in regard to the Steelers' defense. Uh, everyone's excited because they've got a bunch of pedigree. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of youth. 
that still is talented. They've got players who have not scratched the surface of their potential, and uh, all that is great, but until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. And I can tie it in with the Pirates, too. Yesterday made me very happy if I'm a Pirates fan, and I am. It made me very happy. But if the Pirates go back to doing things the way that they did before, then, okay, what's changed? I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say everything's changed just because they did one thing correctly. And I'm not going to give the Steelers' defense the benefit of the doubt just because they have talent that hasn't quite put it all together yet. No, look, Adam, I, I think the way to look at the Steelers this season is very much the way it was fair to look at the Penguins going into the 2016 Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, after Mike Sullivan had saved the season. And it's, you know what, cut the crap and show us. Um, you know, we had, we, we had heard for years about those Penguins, about, you know, this year would be different, this team would be different. And, you know, at that point it was time to go out and win. Um, and I, I think the same thing about these Steelers. I mean, I think they're the most talented team in football. But that defense, the last time we saw it, it was putting on the worst performance we've seen by a Pittsburgh Steelers defense in a home playoff game, which just you can't live with that if you're a member of that organization. Uh, they never stopped Blake Bortles' offense, not once. Had they made one stop, the Steelers would have been in the AFC Championship. Um, so we can question the offense all we want. Everybody always say, well, been through an interception or – this, you know, at the end of the day, this Steelers defense is the biggest reason this team has not won a championship. Um, and when you have a all-time quarterback, an all-time wide receiver, one of the great running backs of his era, and that offensive line, you have to be just good enough to find a way to get that team to the Super Bowl. And to me, I don't think I don't think you're wrong. It is it is deserving of no benefit of the doubt. Cut the crap and deliver. The Pittsburgh Steelers should be in the Super Bowl this year. They are the best team on paper. And if they aren't, barring injury being an excuse, if there's no significant injuries to the, the best players, this team should be completely reevaluated in a lot of areas because that defense has not been required to be great. They just needed to be decent, and they haven't been. Yeah, and that really is the problem. Rob Rossi joining us here in the Crowley Show. Uh, if I look back the last couple of years, really since 2014, I can make an excuse and say, well, Le'Veon Bell got hurt right before that Baltimore playoff game. And I can say that Ben Roethlisberger's shoulder was hurt. There was no Antonio Brown, no Le'Veon Bell, no D'Angelo Williams in the Denver playoff game. And there was no Le'Veon Bell in the New England AFC Championship loss. I can say all those things. And you know what? That's all true. And those were huge reasons why they didn't win those football games. But then you look at last year, and as you mentioned, you can lose to New England, and I can at least wrap my head around it. I can at least right. say, okay, you lost to the team that you always lose to. But instead, they lose to the team with Blake Bortles, and they do so embarrassingly so, never gave themselves a chance, never pulled back uh, into that game the way that y you would have hoped to. Yeah, sure, they got down by a touchdown, but when they did, then they faltered after that point. This is, I think, the biggest year in the Ben Brown-Bell era, obviously, because Bell's not going to be here after this year. It's their right. best chance, and if they don't win, history's not going to remember all those injuries. History's going to remember just that they didn't win. Well, and Adam, I think that's what, look, 2016, the Penguins' postseason run forever changed how many people. It was the year Sidney Crosby 
was finally the best player when a team won the Stanley Cup. Um, it was the year Sidney Crosby won his MVP. It was the year Crosby and Malkin and Latang finally got that second championship, right? It was the year that the Penguins as an organization proved that they weren't going to go meekly into this, this era, uh, that they were going to make it interesting with the teams that had, had won multiple titles, right? Um, they, it changed them so much that they ended up, you know, flipping the script completely and the next year by winning again, uh, establishing themselves as the franchise of the salary cap. Think about it this way. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be remembered as one of the great players in the history of the Steelers, deservedly so. He wins another Super Bowl with all of his records, doing it this late in his career. You have to start talking about Ben Roethlisberger as being behind only Joe Green as the greatest Steeler of all time. Yes. Mike Tomlin with another Super Bowl win establishes himself as one of the great coaches in the history of the NFL when you look at all of his success during the regular season. Yes. He would have gone to three Super Bowls and won two. Antonio Brown makes a case, makes a case to be one of the three or four best wide receivers ever with a Super Bowl victory. Um, and all of these players that are on this defense, if they win a Super Bowl this year, we're not going to remember the last four or five years because all we'll remember, as everybody does in Pittsburgh, is when the Steelers are great. And as look, look at the Pirates' excitement right now, Adam. And it's, I think we all admit it's more fun in this town when the Pirates are good, right, or when yes. they matter. But there's nothing in this town, whether it's the Pirates in a pennant race or the Penguins in a Stanley Cup run. There's nothing in this town that that rallies this region like a Steelers Super Bowl championship. And they almost treat it here like it's an obligation by the players for that organization to win, the fans. It might be this year, because I'm not sure any of them, from the coach down, will ever be remembered as they should if they don't finish the deal. Because they've been, they've been pecking around at it too long. Cut the crap and deliver. Rob Rossi bringing the straight fire here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob, is it... Fair to say that the Steelers won't win another one if they don't win it this year. I, I believe that strongly, that they will not win one with Ben Roethlisberger, and they won't, probably won't win one for a very long time if they don't win this year. I mean, I, you know, this is such a strange league to make predictions in, right? Well, any, but, anything I mean, is anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, think about Washington, yeah. think about what the Pirates just did. But it's tough to see that if they – I'll say this. If they would go to the Super Bowl and lose, I think that's a different discussion. But but we're past the point where they can get to the playoffs. They can win 13 games. They, yeah. they have to get there. You know, they have to get there. This team hasn't shown it knows how to win when it matters. Um, and, you know, I, we're talking about the defense, and we're talking about what Blake Bortles. You know, I, I go back to this, too. That defense had a chance last year to make one stop at the end of the game against New England. People will talk about the, the overturned touchdown and the Roethlisberger interception. And, look, it was a bad call on them. Worst decision by Ben, right? But if that defense just had not let Rob Bronkowski be open for the entire fourth quarter, this team would have had home field advantage, and who knows? Um, this defense has consistently, other than for that game against Kansas City in the playoffs, and let's be honest, I mean, Kansas City with Andy Reid in the playoffs, is that really that impressive? <laughs> um, I mean, they've just not been up to the standard, and, you know, look, is it a high standard? Is it maybe an unfair standard? Yeah, but you know what? We're not the ones that have written on the wall outside the locker room the standard is a standard. Uh, they do. And it's time they, live, it's time they met, met 
that standard. I mean, I, this is the franchise. As much as we talk about the offense now, Adam, there's a little bit of age difference between us. This is the franchise that you could always count on them being being big, bad Steelers defensively. Yeah. The truth is they've been big and bad in the wrong way <laughs> for I the mean, last few years. Uh, there's no kidding. I mean, you go back to the 70s, and you look at what they did in the 90s on defense. You look at what they did in the – 2000s in the middle of the 2000s and then uh, at the end of that decade I mean it's always been part of the DNA I remember being uh, at the AFC championship game between the Steelers and the Ravens in 08 and the people behind me were Ravens fans and they were screaming defense at one point and I turned around to them this is the this is such a Steeler Yinzer thing you do I turned around to them and go defense we invented defense and yeah. that, that's the mindset and it's just been it's been horrifically bad uh, I also like the dynamic between the different sports franchises here in town now, Rob. The Pirates go out and they do something that other teams just expect to do, and they get patted on the back and they get the round <laughs> of applause. Meanwhile, the Steelers, they go 13-3 and last year, and it's just an abject failure. Well, the burden of expectation is a heavy one to wear, but the reality is that you know the Pirates haven't won a world championship since 1979. They haven't had any postseason success other than a wild card win since 79. And, you know, since 19, since the Pirates last won a World Series, the Steelers have won two championships and, and really been competitive for one pretty much every other year, if you look at the average. And the Penguins have won the Stanley Cup five times. And, you know, the, the, I, give, I will say this about the Pirates. Um, I, I give them credit. I, I don't know what their thinking was in the offseason, um, I wasn't one that wanted to jump on ownership like everybody else because, to be honest, Adam, when ownership is consistent, I don't think you have a real reason to complain. I mean, the Pirates have been consistent with this ownership group with what they've done, but they they paid attention to the fans not showing up. They rewarded players for, you know, making a run and putting them in position, and they stayed consistent with what they say they want to do, which is get the type of player back in return that they can build with. And I think, if nothing else, you have to applaud the Pirates for this. It's tough to say that right now there isn't more reason to be excited, not only for the rest of this season, but going into next season than there has been since the summer of 2014 and going into 2015. And, look, I don't know if we'll ever see them win a world championship again, but if they can give you reasons to have baseball matter late into the summer, you know, that's pretty good. It is good. That's pretty good. When you it have the good. other things that we have in this town, that's pretty good. I cannot w- – and, and you know what? That's that. That's a very good point. They need to be just that. Well, they of course need to, it is. I made it. <laughs> they need to bridge the gap from the Penguins' playoffs to Steelers' season. They do. That's really all they're there for. And if they can make every <laughs> night enjoyable because they're in a pennant race, that makes everything more Here's fun. Here's a question for you, Adam. Think, think of this one. If they would by some chance win a World Series, with Chris Archer, is he going to wear number 22? Oh, my God. Could you, know, you imagine it, what that would do to the dynamic in this town after all the years of McCutcheon being associated with number 22? I got a roll, Rob, but that's a good thought, man. I appreciate the time, as always, and you'll be up camp tomorrow. Looking forward okay, to seeing yeah. you. All right, man. Thanks a lot. There he goes, Rob Rossi, of course from the Pittsburgh City Paper. Uh, you can check out my column there. I'll put it up on my Twitter account, at underscore Adam Crowley. Coming up next, we will talk about the Pirates and Chris Archer, just how likable this cat is, because, my God, he is. And 
I got to set Urban Meyer on fire. It's the Crowley Show.